Hi, Dr. Gator here. Are you ready to take your family's health to the next level? Check out my free immunity and wellness masterclass at integrativepediatrics.com. Dr. Gator, there is craziness happening in my kitchen now every single day. I, we got Nico one of those learning towers so they can learn to cook and like see what's going on on the countertop mm-hmm. and do dishes. And now he's completely obsessed with doing dishes and dumping water from like one pan or one bowl to the next, which sounds oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> um, but it's not as a total waste of water. And, um, you know, he's burned his hand like four times on hot water. And then and that's a thing. But he's completely obsessed with it. He loves it. So when we first discovered it, we we're like, this is great. But now and no matter what whenever we let him do it and then we have to pull him out of it to like eat dinner or whatever it's a complete like level five meltdown just total (laughs) (laughs) welcome to the terrible two you know this is something that i i deal with pretty much every day in the office i even had a patient today and and we were talking about you know different strategies that we could do and and with kids it's time to start bringing in mindfulness meditation stress reduction techniques and and helping these kids through uh these meltdowns because everybody is is going through it oh my god yes i actually have experience with this i'm trying it i started this whole parenting thing doing things not that way i like i started doing time out because that's what i knew and that wasn't working that was making all the meltdowns even worse. So I just recently started this whole like calming corner breathing, like let's be, let's calm down thing. And it is working and it's awesome. It does not work with the learning tower water play yet, but like for everything else, it's actually really sweet to see him take a deep breath and calm down. So that's great. We're going to chat all about this today. Mama. Welcome parents to raising amazing Hi, I'm Dr. Joel Gator-Warsh, board-certified pediatrician specializing in integrative medicine. And I'm Serena Vincent. I'm an actor, writer, and new mother. Join us in learning and laughing as we navigate through the messy path of parenthood. And together, let's begin Raising Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I have just recently put in the practices of mindfulness and meditation and breathing with my child before like I don't know when he was when he first started acting out at like 18 months I was I just did the timeout thing because that's the only thing that I knew because that's what my parents did is it working is it no working? that no that did not work and it no, just I meant made, the mindfulness and meditation is that oh, that part is working <laughs> so it's a yeah the timeout didn't work it just made everything worse and then it made me feel terrible and I mean, we only did it like three times and it, it just was awful. So now we've created this like calming corner thing where we take him into the space and we say, let's calm down and take a deep breath and just talk about how we feel. And nine times out of 10, before we even get to the corner, he's calm. It's really so cool. interesting. And it's like, it and the is. whole thing is over. So and which positive, is like, positive instead of and positive, you know, which I mean, this is, this was like, this has been my own life. Like I have an, an on and off meditation practice. Like I, when I feel anxiety, I have to like breathe myself into feeling better. This is a huge part of my life. So why we don't do this with our kids, like doesn't make sense. Like if, if I'm having a bad day, I don't want someone to put me in the corner and not talk to me. What? No, mm-hmm. I need to like mm-hmm. talk through things. 
that's what makes me feel better as a as a woman, as an adult, as a as a wife, you know? Yeah. And and just in general for for kids, I mean, positive reinforcement, positive parenting tends to especially in the long run work a lot better than the negative reinforcement punishment. I mean, sometimes that is the thing to do, but generally, you know, exactly what you're saying. And it's really cool that you could even show kids, you know, mindfulness, meditation, have them do it and, and get to a calmer place. And that's what we're seeing. And that's what's so cool about today's episode. I mean, we're talking to really a, a titan in, in the in the industry of, of mental health and, and of wellness. And we're really excited to have her as our first guest. We are Titan. I love that. Yes, <laughs> she is. We are talking today with Malika Chopra. I have been a huge fan of Deepak Chopra, her father, for I don't know, 20 years. And I didn't, one, I didn't even know he had a daughter. So that's cool. Two, he has a daughter that's focused on pediatric mental health, which is everything that we're talking about. So we could not be more excited. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing that, that she's taken this uh, as, as, as her passion and her, you know, she has written books on this topic and she's talking about it on all the, the talk shows and TV shows and, and everything. And, you know, she, her father has, has talked mostly about adult mental health and, and she's taking on kids. And it's so important right now uh, with the pandemic and with everything going on. And it was always important before, but it's been hyper-focused, you know, certainly right now in the pandemic. We need to be talking more about mental health because kids are going through a mental health crisis. I'm seeing it every single day in my office, depression, anxiety, not being around friends, being miserable. There's just, it's just, it's terrible what's going on right now. We need to talk about it. We need to talk about solutions. And today we're going to talk to her about recognizing the symptoms of stress, anxiety, fear, pain in our bodies. We're going to talk about strategies to reduce stress and increase wellness. We're going to talk about acknowledging ourselves, talking about acknowledging ourselves as parents and discussing the fears that we have, and then also just focusing on mindfulness, being present, and, and breath. And this is what her family has done for, for, for years, and this is what they've been uh, preaching and teaching and and, and giving to the world and she's now giving back in, in the, the kid space and we're, we're just you know over the moon excited to get a chance to talk to her about what she's working on her current projects and what she believes is the you know, important first steps for families to uh, help their help themselves and help their children uh, get through this pandemic stronger, how to identify mental health issues, and then what to do about it if, if there are concerns, or even if there isn't concerns, what you can do to prevent uh, mental health uh, problems, mental health crises from, from arising in your family. Yes, thank you, Dr. Gator. We are so excited for you guys to hear this interview with Malika Chopra. We are absolutely honored today with our guest, we have Malika Chopra. She is a mom, a media entrepreneur, author, and public speaker. She's the author of Just Breathe, Meditation, Mindfulness, and Movement, and More. Just Feel, How to Be Stronger, Happier, Healthier, and More. And her newest book, Just Be You, Ask Questions, Set Intentions, Be Your Special Self, and More. A picture book for younger kids 
uh, called My Body is a Rainbow. She's taught meditation to thousands of families, is currently a mindfulness consultant for the animated series Stillwater on Apple TV, and she enjoys speaking to audiences around the world about intention, balance, and living a life of purpose. Thank you so much for being here, Malika. We're truly honored to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm so grateful. Thank you. We are. We are. So health is in focus like never before with everything going on. And the data shows that mental health of children is really suffering right now more really than any time in in recent history, at least that I, I can remember. I feel like I've even been alive for. And as a pediatrician, I often feel like mental health plays a secondary role to physical health. But families and children are facing a mental health crisis right now. So what do you feel are some of the ways we can begin to tackle some of these issues and start talking about them? Yes, I think mental health, anxiety, stress, um, the uncertainty that comes with the pandemic have really risen. And many children are in crisis because the routines of school, the routines of extracurricular activities, meeting friends, everything's been lost. And also now there's even new anxiety as uh, we're getting back into school and getting back into social situations. So I think the first step is to recognize that it is a stressful time for children. It is a stressful time for parents, for teachers, for everyone in the community. And that it's okay to feel frustrated, to feel scared, to feel anxious. Um, So that's, you know, just to feel one of my books is very much about accepting our feelings, um, recognizing that we feel feelings in our bodies. So kids are usually familiar with butterflies in their stomach or anxiety that plays out uh, in heartache or body pain. So the first step is recognizing it. Second is recognizing it in our body and using techniques that, uh, whether it's breathing techniques or movement and other mindfulness and meditation techniques. And then third, of course, is as adults who love our children to open the dialogue, to talk about loneliness, to talk about new ways of doing things, and to even recognize that we ourselves are also sometimes uncertain And so I think that conversation with kids helps them feel like it's not just them. Yeah, that's so wonderful. I feel like for myself, like all of these things that just understanding, you know, as adults, understanding our own emotions and our own feelings is is key to being successful, happy adults. And I just feel like there isn't enough out there teaching kids how to deal with their big feelings and let them know that they're okay and feel comfortable and like moving through and experiencing them all. And um, you've really done it with your books. Um, They're incredible. I feel like when you have a baby and when you leave the hospital, they should give you these three books because it really is like um, managing these feelings and emotions and learning how to breathe and meditation is I don't know, the key to a happy life. Well, I think, again, yes, we all get into this parenting journey as novices. We don't know what we're doing. Um, And I've never been a fan of parenting experts. Um, You know, I think there are scientists who have studied the brain and behavior and things like that. But otherwise, you know, we're all trying to figure it out. Right. I think my, my goal with these books for kids is that I learned how to meditate when I was nine years old. 
And so for me, it's been a lifelong journey uh, guided by my father, Deepak Chopra, who not, to, not only taught us techniques around meditation and mindfulness, but also valued real social, emotional intelligence and self-reflection. And that's really what I've tried to do in expanding these books. Science recently is catching up with the wisdom traditions of showing the benefits of meditation or gratitude, you know, research studies. But these are wisdom traditions that have been around for thousands of years. And there's a reason they've lasted. Um, they are more than about just stress um, management. These exercises are all about discovering who we are, our place in the world, how we can serve and how we can feel connected. And if we give kids those tools early on, hopefully it will help them adjust better to the many twists and turns and messy journey that life is. And I want to ask you a little bit more about that. So, you know, for me, I did all the regular training at first at Western, you know, really great uh, allopathic program, but we didn't really learn about this at all. We didn't learn about meditation. We didn't learn about mindfulness. It was kind of, you know, woo woo out there stuff back in the time. And even to a lot of people, it still seems like it, it is. And, and it's becoming more mainstream, certainly, but a, a lot of kids have never been introduced to this. A lot of parents have never been introduced and a lot of doctors have never been introduced to this. So what, what strategies do you have to, to taking that first step for families? So for, for a parent who's never done it before, they think the word, you know, meditation is, is sitting around a circle somewhere and, and chanting. How do you get kids involved? How do you get teens involved? How do you get, and where do you start? I think that's a big question that I've heard a lot from parents. Yeah. So I think you're absolutely right. When I was growing up, people referred to my father as a witch doctor who was selling snake oil. <laughs> <laughs> 30 years um, science and research has really caught up. So, you know, suddenly in the Western uh, world, if, you know, a research study has come out and said, um, you know, these markers have changed, um, there's more acceptance of it. So it's just an interesting phenomenon. I think uh, meditation and mindfulness, the words should not be daunting. What I'm trying to do, and that's why these books are written in a way that's more secular, is focus on breath first. So really explain the fight flight response, how we deal with stressful situations, what is anxiety, and then how can we use simple steps. So it begins with just taking a deep breath in and out and how just that process helps us anchor ourselves. And actually speaking, kids um, are the most open to this. And that's why it's so great to be able to share these exercises with young kids because they get it. When you talk to them, they say, oh, you know, I feel butterflies in my stomach or my heart's hurting. I mean, they really feel this connection to their body. And so that's why so many of these exercises that I share in the books, like blow those butterflies away or um, cooling down breath exercises, which involve like silly faces and, you know, curling to seeing if you can curl your tongue or not, making it fun. And then also body awareness exercises, um, having a mindful meal or going for a walk um, in your neighborhood and noticing new things. These are all what mindfulness is and different ways of connecting. So I think this is misperception that you have to like sit quietly and empty your mind. No one can empty their mind. All we're doing is we're slowing down thoughts. We're feeling more of a connection. And in that process, um, we feel a sense of peace and knowingness and belongingness. 
that only comes from experience. It's beautiful. Um, I've started, well, I guess it, when I was 18, going back to your father, my acting coach gave me the seven spiritual laws of success. And then um, it was sort of my intro to Deepak Chopra for me. And then at 20, I started meditating and I have their app in my phone and it, it you know, meditation has got me through so much in life. Um, in fact, I, I am just figuring out, learning how to be present and centered and connect with my body. I actually knew I was pregnant when I was in meditation. That's another story. But um, I've um, started doing this with my son. I've vowed that like, I don't, I feel like everybody needs to learn this. And why do we have to wait until we're 20 and, you know, someone comes in to save us. Um, so I've started this with my son, who's two, just little breathing exercises. Um, and you know, a, like the little body scan before bed and before nap. And you're right. Like I, it's amazing how open they, he's two and he gets it and he gets when he's having big feelings. If we take a deep breath and we, we calm down, then we feel better. And it's not hard. It's just about actually doing it. Right. And absolutely. I think that's the role that parents play is we lead by example and so you doing these practices, involving him, um, all is really setting the stage for a lifetime of knowing how to use these tools, how to articulate their feelings, how to calm down, uh, all of that. So that's great. I especially love, I, I kind of want to read a part here. Um, I especially love the way you talk to kids. I feel like there isn't a lot of books out there that really talk to kids like that really meet them where they are and talk to them like they're adults. And you have this, when we talk about um, finding the real you and your authentic self and the part where, um, who is the real me? And you say, you may come from a big family or you may only be, you may be an only child. You may be homeless or living in a foster home. And when others find out, they may make assumptions about you or your happiness or what you can accomplish. You may be an athlete or a musician or a dancer or a martial artist. You may be known as a nerd or a jock or the popular kid. You may feel as if no one ever knows who you are. Depending on the role you play at school, other kids may treat you a certain way. But always remember that you are more than what others assume about you. And you take them through like asking them the questions and just be you, the, the newest book. You are actually asking the questions to get kids to discover who they really are and who their authentic self is and that that real you that's behind us that we connect with when we're in meditation and I just think it's really beautiful I don't think many people are asking kids these questions and I I um yeah yeah Serena can I just say that I mean almost nobody is right and that's why I love I love chatting with you because kids have been forgotten in this and especially in the you know integrative medical world in, in America especially um, or Canada, where I grew up, it's 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 still just starting in terms of recognizing the integrative medicine, even for adults. So there's so little out there about kids. There's so little information, even in you know Los Angeles, where where we are. There's just a couple of doctors that that really focus on integrative medicine. There are you know, we're not really trained on this in in medical school. It's it's really seen as out there until you go learn it yourself, and then you realize how much you know, benefit there is. And, and it's not just meditation or mindfulness. There's, it's all of that natural medicine. Um, and hopefully one day, you know, we're all going to come together, do what's best for the patient. There won't be, 
you know, mindfulness, meditation, uh, Ayurvedic medicine, Chinese medicine, homeopathy. It's just going to be medicine and you're going to do whatever is best and everybody's going to work together. And, you know, you'll go to the doctor and you'll have your mindfulness coach there. You'll, you know, you'll, you'll have your, your Ayurvedic practitioner. It'll just be one thing and we'll all be working together to help the patient. Yeah, you go see your doctor for, you know, your broken bone or whatever it is, but we can still work as a team. And, and, and I think that, you know, what you're seeing and what you're mentioning is, yes, this is, this is very unique. What, what you're doing is it's very unique. It's not common and there's not a lot of information on kids. And even, you know, for, for Deepak, he, you know, a lot of the focus has always been on adults. And now it's really important that we're getting focus on kids too, because we have to get to the problems before they start. Exactly. And I think for me, it's, uh, you know, I really share it more as some, as a kid who learned these practices and then as a parent uh, who was figuring it out with my kids and their friends and our extended community. And that's really how all of this started, which is, uh, you know, our kids right now, we started this way, are living in often a, a very anxiety busy scheduled life and maybe that's one of the actually maybe a gift of the pandemic this year as everyone slowed down and it has been almost a time to think about okay even as parents do my kids really want to be on that club soccer team that takes all of their time um, when maybe they love to draw or paint uh, and they've been you know and finding the things that our kids love uh, also for maybe older kids learning that having, a, you know, so many social media followers and friends isn't as important as having one or two friends in the last year who they've really relied on. Um, so I think the pandemic has also shed light on a lot of the social and emotional lessons and hard lessons um, that we've all gone through. But I think for kids, it's really important that we listen um, and hear what they're saying from the experience as well. And from your either from your books or anything that you've read, if there was one resource, you know, one book, one place to start, if there was something that you could, you know, tell a teen where where they could get started learning a little about mindfulness or for a family, do you have a favorite one of your books or other books that you've read um, or apps or anything like that that they could? get into? <laughs> it's a good question. The reason I wrote these books is I realized there weren't books for kids. Um, especially I, these were written for eight to 12 year olds because that's an age when a kid can read it themselves and understand it themselves rather than their parents, you know, at two, obviously as a mom, you're doing exercises with your kids, but at eight, 10, 12, it's before they become really skeptical as teenagers. And I've gone through two teenagers now. Um, and so these books are meant to be simple for something for them to discover themselves. So that really is why I, I did these. At the same time, I think a lot of teachers are integrating more of these practices in school settings, which is great. Um, and yoga and movement. You know, my daughter is really into martial arts. So for her, um, the Taekwondo practice, you know, brings a lot of these elements in place. So I'm a big believer, find what works for the kid. There's no one solution. Um, hopefully these books uh, are one set of tools. 
on the Chopra app, uh, which is now available, a meditation app. This month, I shared a bunch of meditations for kids and for families. So those are guided meditations, which I think now are out there. Um, I, and, you know, these days I'm uh, involved with an uh, animated TV show on Apple TV Plus, Apple Plus TV, Apple TV Plus, um, on Stillwater, which is a popular children's book, but they've made it into this amazing animated series. And I so wanted to talk that to you also, about that. It's extraordinary. I find it difficult. Well, I don't really want my son watching TV yet, but I do find it difficult to find content that I really feel good about. And, I mean, this is really beautiful i've just i i didn't know about it until um until we knew we were going to get to interview you and i watched it with my son and it's really beautiful and i've already told my mommy groups about it <laughs> and my family because it's it's content that you can really feel good about your kids watching what what is your affiliation with it i've i've read that you really helped them shape it into something really special it is really special. It's amazing. So, you know, I can't take credit actually at all for the show. Um, they really reached out to me later in the process to just help spread the word about it. And when I watched it, I was so inspired by how beautiful it was, how well done it was, how uh, it conveyed the messages that I'm writing about in a how-to way. It did through like storytelling and I think storytelling is always the most powerful way to show, share anything. And uh, I've got to know the author of the books. And it's just, it's special. It's a very special program. So I'm just happy to share and tell people about it. It's, it's so cool. And, and we have a question from a parent from Mike. And I thought this was a really good, you know, kind of funny question. You wanted to know what it was like growing up with Deepak as your as your father was it you know the most zen home you know around around in the world are you guys doing meditations when you were really young I know you said a little bit about how you, you started at nine so before that was 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 it different were you not really doing that before nine so yes and it's usually actually it's a funny question so it's usually the always the first question I get um, so people are obviously uh, always intrigued you know for my brother and myself Obviously, we only know my father as our father, so we don't really think of him as any different. But what I will say is that before nine, um, before I learned how to meditate, my father was a pretty stressed out, miserable person, worked 24-7, you know, trained as a doctor, went through a very intense um, residency here, was an immigrant who, you know, had no money, so he moonlit all the time. So he used to kind of take out his stress through, uh, you know, smoking and drinking and things like that. And when I was nine was when he discovered meditation. So uh, he, in his first meditation, felt a sense of peace and connection and a change actually in habits uh, followed from not drinking anymore, smoking, and in turn, my mom learned how to meditate. And then he taught me and my brother. So I was nine and six. So it was really a family journey of this path to wellness um, that we went through uh, because of my father's journey. So for that, I'm very grateful. And I think what I learned, um, especially as I grew up, um, that these, kind of, you know, I'm a very irregular meditator myself. So my parents always had their practice. They never forced me or my brother to do anything. It was more like they were doing it. And sometimes we joined, sometimes we wouldn't. 
wasn't a big deal. Um, and I kind of came back to the practice at different times in my life. And then as a parent, you know, got much more focused about it because suddenly it was about the next generation. I, I just want to, I mean, I think that story, you know, the story of your life, it's very empowering for parents. Cause I, I think that most people, you know, see someone on TV, whoever it is, if they're a celebrity, a doctor, whoever it is that's on TV and they think, oh, they must've been that way their whole life. They must have, you know, they've been, they were born like that. And, and, and to hear that it was a conscious choice, it was, a, you know, we've been through X, Y, and Z, and we want to do something different. To me, that's very empowering in the sense that, look, you have, a, you have some choice, you have some opportunity. And if you feel like things aren't going the direction that you want, then you can make changes and you can have a very different path in your life if you make other choices. So I appreciate that you shared that. Yeah, no, I feel we were just, we were lucky, you know, we um, went through this journey with our parents at a young age, and they gave us tools and gifts that, frankly, if we can share with other people, then we're being of service as well. Well, you are. I mean, your your father's meditations changed my life, and your, I mean, these books are really beautiful. I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying that because you're a guest on our show. Like, they're really, and they're really great. Like it, it for the parents that don't like know what we're doing because we don't. We're all just trying to figure out. It's a really beautiful guide to to all of it. And, and um, I mean, every you you don't you know have to be eight to twelve to get something out of this. I think that teenagers will get something out of it, and the parents reading them to their kids will as well. Um, okay, so here at Raising Amazing, we're about finding the silver lining and looking for what's amazing in a day or in a situation. And there's been certainly a lot of pain and suffering and anxiety in the world um, today um, that we're all experiencing collectively. So we want to know what has been the most amazing part of your pandemic. So I actually feel lucky because my elder daughter graduated from high school in June and um a virtual graduation, didn't get to go through all of the exciting things that she would have. So, you know, it was a hard time for sure. Um, but as a parent, um, what happened is she didn't start college till January. So we got like an extra six months of her at home um, and actually at home where she wasn't in like the high stress high school environment. It was so much more relaxed and just you know, reading for fun and exercising and spending time outside. And so I think for my husband, my younger daughter and me, we got this gift of extra time with her, which frankly, we wouldn't have got otherwise. So that was definitely a gift. That is really, really special. And where can people find, find, find you if they want to learn more information? I mean, they can find you. You got lots of books and, and the Chopra app. Is there any place specifically that you know, people can, can find you otherwise. Yes. So I'm on all social media under Malika Chopra. So I post regularly, especially on Instagram. And then I do have a website now, um, malikachopra.com. So it's very simple. And um, over there, there are links to everything. I have a, a, a picture I'm going to tag you in. I was reading Just Breathe to my son and he was in meditation breathing and I snapped a picture and it's really cute. So I'm going to post it and tag you in it. <laughs> yes, please. I love it. People are always sharing uh, photos and, you know, kids saying affirmations. And that's the gift of all of this is like just seeing um, that kids are experiencing this with parents and with teachers and with communities. So it's lovely. Oh, the 
I just want to say before you go real quick and say to all the moms and dads listening, the affirmations piece is so important. Like, I feel like we all grow up with these negative thoughts in our head. And if we start young teaching our kids positive affirmations, we can change that. We can actually change our brain. Um, and again, like I learned the hard way, but now that I know, and as a, you know, an older mother, new mother, um, it's a really beautiful part of your book. So thank you. Thank you so much for, for being here and, and chatting with us. And, and I hope everyone will go grab the book and, and, you know, just become a part of this. We learn a little bit more about meditation, mindfulness, and, and let's all work to reduce our stress together. Thank you so much. Thank you, Malika. We appreciate it. Super grateful. Wow. That was incredible. She is, you know, I don't get starstruck really, I feel like, because I'm an actor and, you know, I've seen, I live in Hollywood, but people like her, <laughs> Malika Chopra, or Deepak Chopra, like those are people work that kind of leave me speechless. And um, anyway, it was truly an honor to talk to her. And I feel like, I don't know, like, well, here, Dr. Gator, you and I came together this way. I wrote a book that hasn't, that has not been sold yet. That is, that has a lot of these same principles t- teaching kids, teaching basically my fan base, my sort of comic world fan base, how to breathe, how to meditate, how to handle all the feels. And there isn't things out there like this, which is why I, I like dipped my toe into that. Yeah, Serena, that's so true. I mean, we have all these, you know, parenting books that parents read, but nobody really ever talks about or, you know, gifts stress reduction book to new parents. Maybe I should start giving these out at the newborn visits to parents. I, I think that's a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, these re- these books really are incredible and she really is doing amazing work for kids. She really is. And, and I agree with you. I, I mean, I take care of, you know, want to call it whatever you want to call it, celebrity entertainer, high profile people all the time. And I, and I don't get that excited anymore half the time I don't even know who people are Canadian <laughs> and I don't <laughs> I don't know these things and then you know sometimes people will be like you know I, I hear you know I I figure out who people are usually but I, I generally don't even know or don't you sneak into your but, office and IMDB <laughs> <laughs> seriously but uh you know someone like a, a Chopra that's you know they this family has changed the world they really have you know there's the Oprah's of the world and there's the the Deepak well, Chopra's of the world, and deep, you know, the, the, they have the, changed it. The Deepak and the Oprah came together. Like when I was going through the darkest time in my life, personally as an adult, I was going through a divorce. Everything in my career like crumbled. That's a whole other podcast. But um, I was so in such a space that I have their app on my phone. I have Deepak's and Oprah's meditation app on my phone because I was so you know, depressed and sad and, or I guess sad and like grieving. Um, And then also as an actor, we have so many voices in our head, like so many, right now I have like a 12 page monologue that I have to record later, you know, words that are in my head that like to meditate just on my own was really difficult. And so using an app and like hearing their voice and having someone talk me through a meditation was so helpful. And I like hurt the Deepak meditations really got me through a huge time, you know, crisis in my life. And now we're in another crisis. We're in a pandemic and our kids are in, in crisis. Like, why aren't we meditating with our kids? Why aren't we starting the day with that? Like 15 minutes. We could just all meditate mm-hmm. together. Should, we should be. Yeah. We should be. And, 
you know, I get asked all the time, what, what, what should we do? Like, what should I do for my kids? What should I do for my teenager? You know, they, uh, parents, what? their kid, their teenagers don't listen to them, right? You know, right. you can. And, during the pandemic, it's like teenagers never love their parents to begin with, right? But now you're stu- you're stuck with them uh, day in and day out for a year um, with each other, right? Parents and kids. It just gets frustrating to the point where everybody tunes everybody out, and and you know you're trying to help them, and and parents are coming in to be just very frustrated with like I'm trying to help. I know they're suffering, but they're just not. What listen to me? Like what can I do? Well, what do yeah? What do you tell your patients that come in with this? What what are your top tips for this? I want to know them and I know everyone else wants to know them too. The first thing is to work with professionals, right? If you are, it also depends on your concern level, right? There's different levels of your level of concern. If you're really concerned that your child is going to hurt themselves or hurt somebody else, of course, it's a very different concern level. You got to get in the hospital. You got to take care of that right away. But presuming we're just talking about more your kid that seems a little bit more sad or a little bit more upset or a little bit depressed, but not to the point of of being suicidal, then, then, um, you know, the first step is to get them working with a therapist. Mm-hmm. You can talk about all the natural things in the world that you want, and I'll go through some of the, the things that, that we talk about to help calm children. But at the end of the day, finding a practitioner that you love, that they love, that you can work with, that's almost always going to be the key. And it's not always going to be the first therapist that you work with because there's so many therapists out there. It's about finding somebody that you relate well with that your kid relates well with because if your kid thinks this person is stupid then it's not going to be helpful like you they have to like them right they have to like them they have to be on the same level they have to just to jive well and, and, and balance well together so that's number one key get them in get them talking you know even in the pediatricians like we can only do so much in the 10 20 minutes that we're with a patient you need to spend as much time as you need to spend to decompress what's going on and to work on the strategies uh, from a mental perspective that you know the therapists that's what they train that's what they are experts in as to how to work through some of these issues so that's number one then from you know more integrative perspective i always talk about the the seeds of health or the foundations of health that being stress exercise environment and toxins diet and sleep i love that figuring out different ways to decrease your stress whether that's you know meditation mindfulness yoga gardening going for a walk going hiking whatever it is it doesn't have to be singing kumbaya around a you know a, a circle it, it's whatever is going to decrease your stress and the stress for kids these days for the most part is social media and so making sure that we decrease the social media stress by making sure that they're off social media for times of the day it doesn't mean you have to take away their phones completely because that will destroy their life but, social media you know, is <laughs> stressful for parents too and adults we, that's another podcast and we will talk about that but it is. Yeah, yeah yeah and get them get them off the phones get them off the computer whenever you have a chance to take you know i like to call it social media holidays so you know if you're gonna have a family dinner um an hour whatever it is, the six to seven, no phones, no social media, nothing. Take some breaks during the day so that way at least for an hour you're not hearing about the pandemic, you're not hearing about the horrible things in the world, you're not hearing about anything bad, you're just having family time. So take that time to give yourself a few hours in the day. You know, you can't have it after X time at night. You can't do it first thing in the morning. You can't do it at dinner. Whatever it is, take some social media breaks. I think that's super helpful. Environment and toxins. Think about everything that's in your house. We're in our house all the time now, much more than we ever used to be, and we were in it way too much anyways. Um, so everything that you're bringing in, every cleaner, 
every uh, you know soap, every detergent, every makeup product, everything that's coming in your house has toxins in it. Read the labels, think about what you're using, and try to decrease those chemicals to whatever degree that you can. And if you don't get out and exercise, then you're not detoxifying your body, you're not sweating, so get out there. Uh, healthy eating, that's the D, diet. You must eat healthy. You gotta bring healthy food into the home, you gotta cook as much as you can. I know that you're busy, we're all super busy. Try as best as you can to improve the diet of your kids, get those chemicals out, get the sugar out, preservatives, anything like that. Take it out the diet and then sleep. Everyone has to get good sleep. You got to get your, you know, eight hours if you're an older kid or more if you're younger. So just keep that in mind. And then just a couple of supplements that, that, that can be very helpful for stress. So magnesium is a big one. Omegas are a big one. Epsom salt soaks are really helpful. Vitamin D, vitamin C, those can all be super helpful. And, and essential oils, so things like calming lavender and frankincense these things can be uh, extraordinarily helpful as well so again just bringing everything together you know therapy number one if it's an urgent urgent matter of course get them in to be seen but otherwise um, you know get them into a therapist whenever you can think about all these different seeds of health think about the supplements the essential oils get them you know back into a hobby of some sorts if you can as things start opening up uh, and, and that is a good you know, first step. Those are some things to think about. Of course, as things go on, you know, you want to make sure you see your doctor. You want to talk about all these things as you go. But as a first line of defense, if you will, these are some things that I think about when a patient comes into my office. And these are some of the things that we talk about the first visit. And then obviously we'll follow up more after they've seen the therapist and they've done some of these things to see where to go from there. If you're not sure about anything about its safety, talk to your provider about it, right? Don't just start taking a bunch of supplements and giving your kids all these oils and some things can be dangerous too, right? So, you know, especially because we're, we're just getting onto this journey here, I think it's really important as a medical provider just to say, again, you know, you shouldn't start any medications uh, or supplements or anything just because you listen to a podcast or you hear about it in a Facebook group. You know, you gotta talk to your provider because things interact with other uh, medications that you might be taking. Every child is different. So right. first things first, always see your provider, talk about the issues, and then these are some of the things you can think about you know, moving forward when everything else is okay medically. Um, but you know, the advice on a Facebook group, again, you know, Instagram group, it's great, it can be helpful, but it doesn't replace medical care, right? Always seek out medical care. That's who you should be talking to. That should be, you should be getting your plan from. Not a podcast, not a Facebook group, not a you know mommy group. It's the doctor first, make sure that we're safe, and then learn about all these other tools that you can bring into your home and you know bring them into your office, bring them into your discussion with your provider and, and create a holistic plan you know, in tandem with your provider. So the one thing that is safe that we know of that you could start right now is breathing and meditating and us all asking our kids how they really feel and helping them manage their emotions. I'm excited to have this plan. I feel like that one of the daunting things about being a parent is like you just like don't know and like you're just starting throwing things at the wall to see what sticks but like once we made a decision to like stop time out and do this calming corner and basically use all the calming and practices that I use for myself everything is feeling much better except for the learning tower <laughs> that is still well the, le the learning tower will come it will come you know but 
Just remember, Terrible Twos is called that for reasons. So, okay. You know, you're not the only one, and Eli likes to bang his head on stuff, too. So it's all okay. good. All right. Okay. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for Raising thank Amazing. You. Raising Amazing would like to thank the Prone Family Foundation, who are a growing community through educational support. Thank you all so much for joining us each week. Please be sure to subscribe to the Raising Amazing podcast so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. You can also follow us on Instagram at Raising Amazing Podcast to catch any extra fun goodies for you and your kiddos. And if you'd like to submit a question to be featured on the show, you can send in your questions to RaisingAmazingPodcast at gmail.com along with your name and your city. That's it for us for now. We'll catch you next Wednesday on raising amazing. Happy parenting. May the force be with you.